The DeFalco Files is an entertainment-based program. Some memories of certain events might be fuzzy. All opinions are that of the host. Content might not be appropriate for children and some adults. Listener discretion is advised. And remember, the truth is here. Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting presents The DeFalco Files with FSW owner Joe DeFalco and your host, Matt Michaels. Hey everybody, Matt Michaels here on the Falco Files with the owner and creator of FSW, the future stars of wrestling here in Las Vegas. And uh, Mr. Joe DeFalco, you, uh, you've you had a uh, very busy uh, two weeks. Yeah, busy two weeks. We got a lot of stuff going on for December, uh, January. You know, between who's using the ring with Impact being here, our show, uh, trying to finalize a deal with Omar and the Silver Knights. They're, I think they're doing something outside on January 19th that we're supposed to be a part of. So we're going to be moving the ring a lot. And so December's got three shows. In January, we got, you know, set up and two da- tapings for Impact. Uh, hopefully the dollar loan center, our first step by being outside of it, having a ring and right. we can get the ring inside there, but then our no escape on the 28th of January. So definitely no rest for the wicked, I guess you could say. Um, well, you know, you, you just finished up a, a fairly successful show, uh, with the, uh, the rumble coming off really <laughs> Uh, a great main event, uh, some really good uh, uh, matches on that card overall. Uh, what were your feelings on how everything went down with Luck of the Draw? Well, uh, unfortunately, it was fucking chaos leading into the show. And, uh, you know, I always say it, it that, that's the calming factor. Once the show starts... There's really nothing that you can alter. It's either going to be a good show or it's not going to be a good show. Right. Oh, and the show was very, very good. You know, we had issues. You know, people were like, what the fuck? What do you mean? Viva can't be there. It was she left early in the morning and nobody knew what was going on. It was just like she's sending me pictures as, you know, I'm not getting the first message till later because I'm running around because we can't get the computer to work and there's no spider and Joey, you know, the hookup wasn't there. We couldn't even do the stream live. Then we couldn't get the fucking computer to work to play the music, which looks like it was on their end because they moved something. And then all of a sudden it worked and it's like virtual DJ. It's pretty simple. It's speaker and sound card on the settings. Right. And did it 15 times and it didn't work. And then the 16th time it did. Well, that they're the ones who ended up having to adjust something. And then that worked. That took like an hour and a half of fucking going back and forth and doing shit. And it was like, I had to go to the door and Atox was there. So he helped run the door. 
but it was and then the doors in the back because the casinos closed right like it was just so such chaos she's like oh estimated time 445 it's like okay you're, you're in the semi-main no no biggie and then all of a sudden it was still stuck and it wasn't until the next day because she didn't know why everything was closed off it turned out there was some huge dust storm that closed the highway for hours and it was like you know so we only had six matches and, and everything was fine it, and the women's match, we had to improvise, and it was like, okay, we're gonna do this, and, and it came out, it came off to me pretty shitty, and you know, we were hoping, you know, forty-five minutes before the match was gonna still happen, so it was really a main storyline that we were moving forward. That now we have to step back. You know, and people are like, oh, what about the title? It's like, what do you mean, what about the title? She's held the belt for over a year. Like, we're going to strip her of the title because there was a fucking dust storm? Like, you know, the Chris and, and Ace Austin or the 1%, there's no 30-day rule. You know, Reigns <laughs> has defended the title, you know, 30 times in, in five years. You know what I mean? It's like, come on. Like, we're, we're going we're gonna to strip her of the title to do what? have another tournament it was like no that's that that's not the idea so well i'm and, sure i'm sure maz would say just give it to her well yeah yeah she already has you know what i'm saying but uh viva the problem was we had the, the, the future shock the week later but she was going to uh, vietnam korea and japan for like two weeks so we couldn't do it then and now it's like okay now we're trying to get we got the ninth. We got the sixteenth. Okay, what is she available? And you know, unfortunately, she got trashed a little on Twitter, and it's Maz being Maz about her not being there. Right. And, and it was a really long day, so now emotions got high, and then they were, they were, they were, in all honesty, it, it, it became kind of heated. Sure. You know, so it's like, thankfully, uh, believe it or not, I'm the calming influence. <laughs> so, you know. Wait, you didn't just Tony Khan it? You, you didn't just not know what to do and just sit there and stare at like a deer in headlights? <laughs> you know, and, and we all know, you know, communicating on social media, on the Facebook Messenger, you know, usually isn't the best way but that's how it had to be done and, and i had to calm everything down you know what i mean and it was like go on your tour it's two weeks see my thought process <clears throat> when she had told me she said she was going to be gone for two months mm. i guess i heard it wrong she's like oh because i was like hey blah 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 blah, blah. you know if it's going to if it was two months, it's like, okay, well, then at this point, okay, let's move on. Right. So I messaged her, and I'm like, hey, I know you're leaving, and now I think she's gone for two months. I said, can you send the belt back? And she was like, that's fine, but just so you know, I'm only going to be gone for two weeks. And then that's how this thing started. And I'm like, oh, I thought you said two months. I'm like, oh, 
okay, well then hold on to it. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, you're not going to be around, but you, now you're going to be around. And then because of the issues that happened, I assume you can still hear me. Yeah. You know, after everything that happened, it was just like, okay, just chill, go on your vacation, go have fun. And then when you get back, let, let's, let's discuss some dates. Yeah. So, yeah, so that was, that was very chaotic. The one thing that, you know, transcended everything from the show, uh, uh, at luck of the draw. Now title changes, you know, uh, some deal Matt cashed in the case. So we have no cash in the case holder. He didn't win the cash in the case, but you know, he showed his moxie, not his John Moxley, but his moxie. And he cashed in before the match even started. He could have waited till they pummeled each other. Right. He could have waited till after the match was over. And him doing that kind of raised everything up because again, the segment before was the women's thing that came across. I had again in the ring and she wasn't there and about. And it was just like kind of brought people down a little bit. So now we got the big match feel. People starting to buzz a little bit. Matt decides he's going to cash in. Oh, shit. It's a three-way. Who the fuck's going to win now? Yeah. Anybody can win. And, you know, they went all out. You know, big ups to, to Ice. You know, he hasn't wrestled a ton of matches. But over the last few months, he really brought it. And it's like. It's a shame that the the title comes to an end, but, you know, he really ended it on a high note. If you go from, you know, the anniversary show with the triple threat and wrestling hero and wrestling Xander and and everything that they did in there, he, he really put together a huge string of big main event matches in FSW. So, you know, Kudos to him and the rumble. You know, we had five studs in it at the end. Yeah. We had 10 studs in it in the final 10. But the final fives, Hammerstone, Limelight, Chris Bay, Shogun, and Hero. You know, the main focus of, of FSW programming, I guess you could say, <clears throat> over a long period of time. And you still had, you know, Graves in the final 10 and Class in the final 10. So it was a who's who. And I don't think if you got to the final 10, you could look at it and it's like, yeah, he's winning. Right. You know, as I always say, when you watch the Royal Rumble, it's like, okay, yeah, you know, Cody's winning. They aren't, they aren't switching anything up. You knew Orton was winning. You knew Austin was winning. You always knew who was winning. It was always positioned. Like, I remember watching, it was like, oh, yeah, you know, they, they wanted to give Gunther the big push, but it's like, he's not winning. Right. right. And on this one, you can't say, oh, Chris Bay's going to win. <laughs> or you can't say, no, hero. He, he, nobody's going to be, like, overwhelmingly saying Shogun. You know, a lot of people said, oh, yeah, that the, the big story. You know, even though he's a heel, that limelight, you know, he's right there. And what about Hammerstone? You know, a lot of rumors about his release from MLW. Hey, now people think, well, now he's free to do a lot. 
which in turn he can still do FSW, and he always has. But a lot of fringe fans are going to think, oh, okay, well, now he's not with the big company and he's leaving. You know, maybe he's got more time. So I think the intrigue, especially of the final five or six, was was tremendous. Yeah. Um, so pulling back the curtain a little bit, um, at what point as a booker did you decide that the match should be a three-way? And at what point uh, did it kind of dawn on you that um, the transition would be made to uh, give Shogun an opportunity to be champion? Well, see, the cash in the case is something that we've made it a little different in the terms of you can cash in for any championship. So generally taking Braxton for an example, well, he was involved with Bodie and he's been doing stuff, but ice is the heavyweight champion pretty much for almost the whole time that he had it. But the thinking is unless he's going for the tag titles, it's probably the no limits of the tag. And in the past, we've had that, uh, you know, option. We did Graves, and he he won and cashed in with Hammerstone for the tag belts <clears throat> because they realigned, but Hammerstone was already the champ. Right. So with Matt Vandergriff, he's already been the no limits champ. He's already been a tag team champion. He's the future legends champion. In reality, there is no belt more significant for him. And it is for everybody, the heavyweight championship, but usually they're stepping stones and he's gone through all those stepping stones. So the heavyweight championship is the only thing that really should be a really huge deal for Matt Vandegrift who want to become the heavyweight champion. He's been positioned as a top five guy. So now if we're moving the belt, because it's been almost a year and, and, and we felt it was time. In all honesty, the, the options are you want a baby face to beat ice Williams. So In general, Hammerstone's had the belt three times. It almost would be like going back right now. You know, needs to be a significant difference to really go back to him. Chris Bay's the Mecca Grand Champion. Scheduling-wise, not always available. We like our heavyweight champion to be able to work the FSW Arena shows. Not that Chris Bay never would. So a limelight is definitely in the picture. But as a heel, eh, you know, it's always wanting the reaction. You know, Ice is a heel champion who's not well-liked by the fan base. You're going to get a big pop whoever wins the title. Limelight wins the title, he's going to get a pop. Don't matter. But you want it to be. Now you got two baby faces in that match. And in reality, those are the top two guys that I could think of that are 
pretty close to being ready. When, you know, when ice wins, you have to now have in your mind who you think could be the guy. Like for a while, ice needed to prove to me when Hammerstone was the champion, and that's why he was the champion for so long. I didn't think ice was ready when he wrestled him, I believe, at uh, the survival of the fittest the year before. Yeah. And, or it wasn't, I'm not even sure what show it was. Might have been the anniversary. I'm not even sure. But it was the end of the year. And then, yeah, it probably was the anniversary because last year we did the Rumble match. And as I said, we were looking at Toa and then Vandegrift ended up winning because uh, political issues with Toa. So now, yeah, so it had to be September of last year when ICE challenged the first time. And again, it was kind of similar to the hyperstreak Sharp thing that in the finals of the tournament, everybody thought Sharp was finally going to win a championship. Everybody thought that I was going to pull the trigger on ICE because he seemed to be the top candidate to become the next champion. Well, I wanted him to get that big match feel. I wanted Hammerstone to tell me, which he did, that he feels ice is ready. So we didn't do it in November. We waited to no escape, which was basically five or six months later. October, November, four months later. So that delayed the Ice Williams start of his run. So now it's four months later. He's into his run. Now I feel, man, we got a lot of candidates now. Ice Williams wins. And there's always the guys that are around underneath that you don't see Sharp's the Nevada State champion, but he's definitely a guy who could be now the heavyweight champion. And you, and you got the the veteran older crew or the Remy's and the Cody's and Jacob Austin Young's and guys like that. But now you got on the rise, you got a Danny Limelight and you got a Shogun. And I'll be honest with you, like we were bandying back and forth on the hero thing. And so really inserted himself as one of the top five guys. Like initially it was like, we put him in the tag, had to work on things, but him aligning with MK and everything that's been going on with Shogun, I'll tell you what, if I had to say who was the MVP for the last six months, I might have to say hero. He's impressed me so much that now it's like, hey, you know, okay, Shogun's just starting his run, but who are guys? And for a while, it's like, well, man, Limelight's on a trajectory. But, you know, Matt's still up there. He's now had two big opportunities. So he's ready. And there's no doubt Hero Lou's ready. So it's going to be interesting to see. Sharp's no longer the Nevada State champion. You know, where... Where does he fit in when it comes to that? You know, a Jay Vidal. And there's so many 
Chris Bay. There's so many talented people, you know, and then there's guys that we have great relationships with, you know, like a Brian Cage who lives here, you know, and who's to say we can't come to some sort of agreement for multiple shows. And, you know, Toa still, you know, he's killing it now. Now he's in Japan and, and working the tag league. And, you know, unfortunately, that probably raised his price for me. Uh, a well, that, that and the, uh, the three more kids he's had within the last six months. So, Oh, yeah, there you go. So, you know, it, it's amazing as I'm putting stuff together. And, and then there are guys who, you know, came out of nowhere. You know, Clutch had a huge match with Ice Williams. Sugar Brown came back. You know, I'm pretty sure those guys aren't looking to go back to being a tag team. You right. know, Sanders had an opportunity to taste what it's like to be that close to be, being the heavyweight champion. Right. You know, normally you're going to be like, okay, here, here's the short list of three or four guys. But, yeah, I would say a guy like Nick Xander isn't right at the top of the list, but he is the next list. Right. It's like, okay, what about him? What about him? What about him? You know, and there's guys that are, you know, Brett the Threats that just came back and you know even i saw a name from the past that we used you know shogun's like who's gonna who's gonna come up you know cal jack who lives locally and that we've used a few times yeah. and it's in it's in an exciting time because it's like okay it's fresh matchups yeah you know now it's a baby face champion instead of the heel champion and it's also the biggest prize in the company. It doesn't matter that Matt Vandegrift may think Shogun's a, a cool dude. They're going to go in there as they did. You know, he had no problem choke slamming him on the thumbtacks. So I don't think Matt would be too upset about taking the belt off Shogun. And who, who's first in line? I don't know. Hero beats Shogun. To get the title shot at, at Ice Williams. Well, when we when we kind of uh, kind of look at someone from Shogun's past <laughs> who I think might have some unfinished business and might want to uh, exact some revenge for Ice's loss, and that'd be uh, Kenny King. Well, Kenny King is another one, the first ever FSW heavyweight champion, an elite champion, a tag team champion. You know, in a position with the faction. Uh, you know, former tag team champions with Shogun. With and Shogun, yeah. Pandemic. So there wasn't a lot of, you know, consistency with the tag team. And right. now that Kenny's gone to the dark side. You know, there, there's a big match for Shogun. So there's a lot on the horizon and having a bunch of shows is great because we got him. And now the young prodigy, Bodie. Yeah. Finally gets to go home with the No Limits title. You know, now he could bring it to the school 
and you know show off the belt to all the ladies <laughs> hey ladies look who's the new low, no limits champion you know last time it was like hey i won the no limits championship last night really where's your belt oh well i lost it five minutes later so you know the girls weren't impressed <laughs> now he gets to show them you know show and tell day at the school who's going to be cooler than bodie and he just got his license too so now you can take the girls out in the car with the belt there you go Oof. <laughs> that's a scary thought <laughs> but you know that's that's uh, an interesting question too now that you've got uh jake uh obviously with the uh nevada state and you got bodie with no limits and you got shogun with the heavyweight championship <laughs> um you know that you got three faces with the the uh, the major belts, and uh, Royce and Jarrell, and then Royce and Jarrell, right? So, uh, and Viva Van. So, really, Joe, you've you've got all face champions right now. Wow, that better that better change soon. <laughs> um, but but psychologically, in terms of um, you know, when you look at what it takes to kind of keep the fans interest and wanting to see you know the certain chases is it easier to build um a heel chasing a face uh or is it easier for you to build a face chasing a heel um because i mean both provide interesting stories um but you know sometimes uh like for instance you have someone like bateman bateman's a perfect person to be chasing any one of those belts. Right. And right now it looks like uh, both are confirmed for December 9th, Jacob Boston Young and Bateman. Nice. And last will be there, who has been noticeably absent for a long time. Yeah. So, uh, you know, a, a, expect an announcement uh, coming up real soon about December 9th. So uh, Bodie won't be there the 9th. He'll be there for our toy drive fundraiser on the 16th. Uh, Shogun will be there the ninth. Hero will be there the ninth. Hmm. Jacob Austin Young will be there the ninth. I'm pretty sure Cody will be around. And yeah. it looks like, you know, that it was interesting that uh, Cody decided to answer the open challenge. He had been on the shelf for a long time. Yeah. And he felt he was ready. And he gave it his all. And thankfully for Cody, at the end of the day, uh, he kind of cleared house on on Bateman, Laz, and and Alice Blair, who obviously have formed a new alliance. Yep. And you know, it's great for Laz and, and Alice Blair, a guy like Bateman who has done big things in this business, and he is now you know full time at FSW. You know, that's a coattail to ride on. Yeah. And, you know, what, what's going on, you know, Cody seems to have the back of Jacob Boston Young. So it's going to be interesting to see moving forward because January 28th is no escape. And after the Rumble, I'm not sure a lot of stories came out of the Rumble at all. Right. Stories came out of the show. And it's, you know, with Shogun winning the Rumble 
and who he threw out and, and, you know, who's on the horizon after the, one of the most historic Nevada state championship runs of all time, Gregory Sharp, man, you know, he's as deserving as hero Lou and Danny limelight started at one. He is the guy, but he might be a little busy. Are, are we are we are we looking at Danny and Hammerstone in a cage? Is that what we might be seeing? You know, generally we try to put three steel cage matches together, and we have different thoughts of where we are going. And as of today, the end of November, where we're two months away, yeah, you know that to me. First and foremost is the match where I think it has to go. Yeah. So they had the match and Hammerstone pulled it out. Limelight's going all the way in, in, in the rumble for more than anybody. You know, I don't think anybody from the first 10 or 15 got to the final 10. Yeah. Except number one. If you look at the list, there was good people in there. You know, there was the faction. There was Kenny King. There was Remy. There was Damian Drake. All these guys started in the first 15, but none of them, I believe, made it, let alone the final 10, the final five, but just the final 10. Yeah. So Limelight weaved through everything to, to finally get caught by Hammerstone. And, you know, he pissed him off. And now, technically... In a match that would have rules, Hammerstone wouldn't be eliminated by a guy who's been eliminated. But that's the joy of the of the Rumble match, that somebody can slide right back in. <laughs> and now Hammerstone's not counting on Limelight. He's looking at the three other guys that are there. And from behind, Limelight comes in, and he's gone. So not sure that's going to sit well. With, with a hammerstone. So, yeah, that's definitely a match. Uh, what's going on with the women's championship? We'll, we'll know more, you know? Are you, are you, and are you going to have like a dust bowl match or something like that? You know, it could be, you know, but the heavyweight champion, it's two months away. Is there, is there a bill that's going to lead to a cage match? It's definitely possible. Right. You know, what's happening with, with, with Jake and Bateman and the surrounding players? Right. You know, now, not saying it's got to be in the cage, but you would think there's a good possibility that a guy like Bateman would be getting an opportunity. You know, he's definitely earned himself rights to do things and on December 9th, you know, maybe, maybe he takes another step forward uh, being on the show and maybe beating a top contender because, you know, there, there's <clears throat> that possibility of who gets a title shot, who gets Bo a shot at Bodie, who gets shot at uh, Jacob Boston Young, who gets a shot at Shoga. You know, I could see somewhere in the mix, 
a four-way match who's who you know again for shogun you know the winner gets the next shot and if you put a guy like gregory sharp and a and a hero lou and a danny limelight and a vandegrift and a hammerstone you you got six guys that are potential participants in this four-way match for the next contender for shogun Right. So, you know, and now it depends on, hey, is he available this day and who's available that day and whatever, you know. So, you know, I'm excited because now the great thing about wrestling shows are we hit reset button and now it's all new again. Right. Going to step out of, of, of the clouds and and be that guy. Because now there, it's a different dynamic. You know, with Ice Williams as the champion, you know, as the saying goes, you're looking for baby faces. Who's he going to go against? Right. You know? And now you got a star-studded no-limits division. Yeah. yeah. You know, does Gregory Sharp want to go after Bodie? I don't know. Or does Gregory Sharp want to go after Shogun? Right. There's a lot of guys who are picking their pick want to pick the bones of a 16 year old champion and feel that I'm deserving. Yeah. You know, I could see a breadth of threat going after a Jacob Austin young or a Bodie. He's had a lot of history with Bodie. Yep. And his game, you know, fits going after a Jacob Austin young. Yeah. Jacob Austin young might be busy with, with Bateman and crew, which sends Brett the threat. To being involved with Bodie. Right. Which which oh. I'm sure that will thrill everyone to uh, have Brett back uh, <laughs> terrifying uh, Bodie and his mob. You never know. Came back at Future Shock. Uh, yeah. The beat. You know, one of the top rookie of the year candidates who has a victory over Damian Drake, Fox. Looked good, but you know, Brett dispatched him. Yeah. So it's definitely interesting to see. You know, I don't have the list in front of me, but I I know there's so many guys, and I've talked with Eli Everfly. Who wouldn't want to see Eli Everfly against Bodie? Sure. I've seen Eli Everfly and Jacob Austin Young kill it. Brandon Gatson. That'd be interesting. You know, a guy who's a 16, 17-year vet, win or lose, that's a great match for a Bowie. Sure. You know. Yeah, it's... Since busy on the road with his daughter, you know, busy being a big-time uh, celebrity. I think he went on a cruise with her or something. And then, you know, as we know, the insiders know about Gatson's musical uh, prowess. You know, I guess the uh, the band got together and uh, the daughter was singing. So, yeah. you know, we're still waiting, you know, a couple of years for uh, Limelight and his daughter against Gatson and his, and his daughter. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, now it's like, OK, let, let me look like let me let me let me peek at who's available and who's interested. And, you know, Damien Desire got to win on. Uh, on Saturday night, you know, he, he's definitely somebody to reckon with. 
And then you're talking about the Billionaire Boys Club. You know, they could go, they had a shot at the tag titles, but class is a former Nevada state champion. Now, right. him and Shogun, I forgot about class. There's another guy. Sure. You know, do they all try to go for single stuff? You know, right. You can, you can have the three of them going for singles belts. Yeah. I, I mean, you could, you could see, uh, you know, Devin or Jordan and, and Bodie or Devin and Jordan and, uh, yeah. and Jake easily. I mean, those would be great matches. So now it's like, okay, we had the show Saturday. We had the other one. We had to deal with the chaos. Now it's like, okay, man, let me put the pen to paper and see like, oh, okay. Oh, this would be cool. Oh yeah. This would be great. And you know, it, it, it's a little bit, it's a continuation of luck of the draw because it is a luck of the draw. It's like who's in position to challenge. And right. now you're going to see a lot of, you know, top contenders fighting each other to get opportunities. So there's going to be some, some matches that we've never seen before or matches that were like, Holy shit, these guys have never wrestled each other before. Sure. You know, I'm interested yeah. to see Hero Lou against a, a Gregory Sharp. Yeah. You know, if it was done, it was done very early in Hero's existence. But I'm going to say it probably hasn't happened. Yeah. Yeah. That, Hero yeah. Lou and, and Vandegrift. Sure. You know, I don't think that's happened. A Danny Limelight in Hero Lou. Yeah. So, so basically what we're saying is everyone has a shot at Hero right now. Everyone has a shot at Hero Lou. <laughs> um, when you, uh, you know, you, you mentioned uh, Royce and Jarrell. Uh, when you look at how the tag teams fit in right now, um, you know, obviously we've talked all this talent in the singles, um, you know, how, how are you able to juggle, you know, the fact that they're not local, uh, as well as, you know, trying to find the spots for the tag teams to, uh, get a little shine so that, uh, you know, the next, the next up for those two will, uh, will be a bigger match. Well, as we've been focusing a lot of the single stuff and you know we had the bullet club and then and they they were around a little bit more than probably people thought they would be they 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 won a the title they defended a title they lost a title so they were there for three shows you know Royce and Jarrell they came back they won a contenders match they you know they they won some matches they they were in a, a four way where they didn't win but they didn't lose then they won the titles and, you know, and then they were back and defended the titles. But while we did that, we've lost focus a little bit because we were doing a lot of stuff. There's still the Fresco and Watson and a team that's been getting get a lot of love on the West Coast, the Suavecitos. They're still, they're still a part of FSW. 
Sky High still a part of FSW. So they may not have had as many matches, and Sky High were victorious at the uh, Luck of the Draw pre-show. So they're always in the mix. But now, you know, Jimmy Jack and Chase Bell, the Poe Boys, you know, they probably are a little bit of ways for challenging for championships, but they are now a focal point of the tag division. And you got two teenagers, Davion and Demir, the Killer D's, as I uh, christened them, uh, which was kind of sort of an inside joke. Because uh, back in the day, I remember it was because uh, of Brandon G. And I was starting to bring Brandon Gatson back. And I jokingly said we could put them together. And they're the Killer G's. Or they're the Bee Gees. Oh, man. Because, you know, I- I'm always looking... For that, oh, Joe, that's fucking ridiculous. How could you even think of that? <laughs> it's a good idea, though, isn't it? You know? <laughs> I didn't think of the Bee Gees till later, I'll be honest. I was thinking of Killer G's. Oh, man. Uh, or the Killer Bees, because it's B and G. And then it was like, wait a second. They're both BG. They are the Bee Gees, which I think is the best name of the bunch. Oh, Oh man, you would have you would have forced Gatson into retirement very early. <laughs> yes. And that's what stopped me from doing it, believe me what I tell you. <laughs> oh man. Um but it isn't it is intriguing, uh, you know, <coughs> the possibilities um, you know, with I think that anyone who gets those opportunities to wrestle Rice and Durrell, it's a you know it's a massive uh, it's a massive growth. It's a massive stepping stone. Um, right. With- Who's to say Ice and Kenny King don't want to team up to wrestle Royce and Jiro? Sure. That'd be a very... You know, the, 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 there's five of them. That doesn't mean Fresco and Watson are the only ones who can tag. <laughs> you know, you just never mentioned Braxton, do you? Yeah, he lost the no limits. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, if I mentioned Braxton and said Ice and Braxton, then it would be like you're not mentioning like the most profound member of the faction, a legend of 20 plus years. Wouldn't you think he was in the mix for that? No disrespect to Braxton. <laughs> you know, Ice and Kenny might be a little more formidable. If the Vegas lines were being made, Royce and Jarrell versus Ice and Braxton, sure, Royce and Jarrell would be a bigger favorite than if they wrestled Ice and Kenny. And the Vegas line is all that matters in professional wrestling. Right. Of course. Uh, if, if you had Shogun on the, uh, the Rumble, you did pretty good. And if you had him winning the heavyweight championship <laughs> after the Rumble – you, you had a great night in uh man you would have hit you would have hit the uh the, the what is it the double uh the exacta the <laughs> uh, no, the three is the trifecta right the daily double. double the daily double yeah a deuce you, you hit a deuce um so you know circling back to the uh to the women's uh situation in terms of 
you know, you have a lot of uh, chaos, like you said. You have a, you had a lot going on. When it comes to Viva and um, the fact that she really is progressing, uh, you know, she's she's doing she's grown within the last couple of years unbelievably. Um, is there a point where Viva, you know? she moves on um and i'm not talking you know from the championship as much as you know is viva on that verge of you know getting that contract somewhere um because of the fact that she's getting a lot more attention now you know again i don't think it matters it's like if you go to wwe it matters right. but if she goes and works a new japan show she works an AEW show. She works an Impact show. You know, we got Jay Vidal and Chris Bay work Impact every show, but they're on our shows. Right. Oh, so I don't know how that would affect a lot of them work. Not that they're signed, AEW Darks or whatever it is. But the bottom line is WWE is the only company that signs you to a contract that states you can't do anything else anywhere else. Right. Plus, you know, you got the deal with Booker T and he gets a couple of those NXT guys, which is right. a great deal. You know, you know, I, I talked to Gabe Sapolsky the other day. I'm like, hey, what does it take for us? He's like, oh, that's above my pay grade, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, I'll look into it for you. Because, again, it's like, hey, 15th anniversary. What are the chances we can get a special appearance through WWE of, of, of Zoe Cross or Solo Sokoa? You know, we're beyond the LA Knights. He didn't train with us, but those are our that those are that's our crew. We train right. them. You know, how cool would it be to have a meet and greet with Cross or Solo or, or Zoe representing WWE? You know. Right. And, you know, it would be nice for us. It'd be nice for the company to reap those rewards. You know, we get the benefit of being able to say to people that are coming in starry-eyed, it's like, yeah, we trained Solo Sokoa. Nah, really? Yeah, because everybody doesn't know where they came from. It isn't like, it isn't like you go watch Monday Night Football. Hey, I'm... Patrick Mahomes. I'm from Texas Tech. You know, it isn't like here's the roster for Raw. Hey, this is Solo Sokoa, uh, trained at FSW in Las Vegas. You know, they're, they're, you know, in the wrestling world, in most cases, it's forgotten. It's the rare occasion where, hey, Reno Scum's coming to Impact. Is it cool if we have them bring your belts and call them the FSW champions? Uh, let me think about that. Yeah, okay, you know, and that happens, but it, it's it's not something that happens often. Right. Getting getting that WWE rub, say, I guarantee you that if people are watching and all of a sudden it's like, oh, spotlight today on FSW Vegas because three of our superstars train there. I don't know if there's three other superstars from any other school that's in WWE today. 
Right. You know, so that's something that I would like to broadcast from the rooftops. Right. But unfortunately, our rooftop is a lot smaller than Titan Towers. <laughs> so, you know, if they can mention that anyway, or, hey, get some stock footage because they're doing a, uh, a solo Sokoa. They're doing a bio, a biography of him on Peacock. So they need all his early indie footage. Well, 90% of his indie matches were in FSW. So I'm pretty sure that we're going to get that mentioned. Right. Um, you know, you, you talked uh, about, you know, guys who've trained with you and gone on. And uh, Jay Vidal, of course, is one of them. And uh, you know, had his, his, uh, matches the last couple of weeks with you guys but uh what do you uh what do you think about uh, the fact that jay was made to wear the turkey suit well it, it's obvious that disco inferno was not available that day because usually they bring disco back just to wear the turkey suit i think he's the only multi winner of the turkey suit but hey, you know what? Any anything that gets you noticed, because if he didn't win the turkey suit, nobody would talk about what Jay Vidal did. Because right now he's positioned as a secondary character to Giselle Shaw, so he gets beat up by Trinity. You know, it, it, it's the valet lackey role that you got to earn your stripes. You go in there and you do it better than the any other person. And then they reward you, hopefully, because that's how it is. FSW, you're the jobber guy. You come in, you make that other guy look good. You keep getting better. And then when the opportunity arises, like a Jimmy Jack, who helped, 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 got a little better, then he got himself over, and now he is, you know, he ain't a top five guy, but he's definitely a top five favorite of the fans, which yeah. means – you're generally looking for a role for him to play at any given show. Right. And again, it's tough to do when there's eight matches and there's 10 or 12 baby faces on the show. Yeah. Oh, I probably named 20 already today. So yeah. how do you get on the show? Thankfully, a Hammerstone and a Chris Bay, they don't work every show. And Shogun works a lot, but they don't work every show. But a lot of these guys were mixing and matching. And now you got Bodie, who, you know, for a long time I protected. I, I, I didn't put him on every show. I wanted him to slowly, you know, get in there. You know, you don't want a 14, 15-year-old bumping all over the place 30 times a year for your company. You know right. what I mean? And it's like you positioned them in tag matches and you put them in with guys like Sin and Remy and had fun things and fun times as he grew. And he grew. And now he's deserving another guy who's deserving to be on every show. But again, so are 20 guys. And there's no disrespect. There's no, I don't like it's, trying to mix and match and it, it, it's really a, a tough situation and then you got people who want to come in you know i got 
two messages over the last couple of days. Robert Martyr, who's killing it on yeah. the scene, like, hey, you know, love to come out. And this guy, Vinny Pacifico, who is killing it. And I both saw they had hit me up. Hey, love to get out here. Love to get out here. I got miles, whatever, because they understand at their level, Joe's not paying $400, $500 for a plane ticket. It just right. isn't happening to, to put a guy in, in a one-off situation. Like Martyr came out for the Future Legends tournament because he was recommended to me, I believe, by Chris Bay. And, you know, Chris is always looking out for that new talent, as is a lot of the, the, the veterans. Right. And got Robert Martyr for that. Joey put him on his show. Then a spot opened up, and I put him in the scramble in the GCW match. And, you know, he probably worked four or five times that weekend. Same right. thing. Jared Diaz and the Richard Kings and all these guys who, who want to come out here who are tremendous but are unknown on the West Coast. Right. And, and as the owner of future stars of wrestling, I don't want just future stars from the West Coast if I can get future stars from anywhere but the United States, anywhere in the world. You know, if uh, what's his name? The, the guy with... Kikataro, you know, he, he's, you know, he made the mistake during the pandemic of going to Japan and now he's stuck there. But if he's the guy that's coming to the United States and he hits up Sin or me, of course, I'm going to take a look at him. We've used a couple of their guys from Japan on some of these nothing shows. Yeah. Because we want to showcase the best, just like we did when Brian Cage first started. And just like we did when L.A. Knight first started and the Reno scum when later on they got signed to Impact. And we're not future stars of Las Vegas. We're future stars of wrestling. And people joke, hey, Matt Hardy, he's a future star. And it's like, yeah, you don't turn down the opportunity to work with a, a legend in the business. Right. Future stars of wrestling is a name. And we take ourselves and we take pride in using some of the best up and coming talent. But our school has shown that by the WWE signees and the Chris Bays and the Jay Vidal's and, and the opportunities as Bodie's and, and gets to work GCW and, and Matt and Damian Drake got to work AAA shows and it's, and Gregory Sharp and Jacob Boston Young and, and all that crew working the new Japan shows. And, you know, it's funny, but, you know, you don't have to be 19 to be a future star of wrestling. You know, Jacob Boston Young and Gregory Sharp at 30 get their feet wet. Tito Escondido became a future star of wrestling at 34 because now he went to Japan and wrestled. Like, oh, shit, who's this guy? And Roy and Jarrell getting the opportunities to go to Japan. All these guys have cycled through FSW before most people had any clue who they were. You know, they they were only known to their home promotion. Right. Joe in Vegas made a lot of Vegas fans be aware of people they may never have even knew existed. Right. And, you know, that that that's where you take the pride in in getting them. Yeah, of course I want Viva Van to be signed. And Brittany Brooks is somebody who you got to be on the lookout for. And Oz and Rochelle, 
You know, they were at WrestleCade this weekend. And, you know, nobody goes, nobody brings you into WrestleCade if they think nobody's going to buy a picture of you. Right. So the radar of FSW grows every time one of our wrestlers, because it's a big window of wrestlers, because we have a school of wrestlers, and then we have talent like a Danny Limelight. You know, within a year, Danny Limelight, who's been known all over the West Coast, may be known as the FSW guy. Like the Arizona guy Hammerstone is. Yep. Because that's where they applied their trade. And now you got the hero. Now you got the Shogun. Now you got the Vandegriff. You know, you got the people on the radars, these younger guys. And now, you know, will the AJ Avens and the Foxes and the RBJs and all these guys come out and become something? Sure. As you know, watching Chris Bay the first time at a future shock, you don't know what he's going to become. You know, look at the, look at those pictures. Look at the evolution. Yeah. You want to see what hard work does. You want to see what it takes to get to that next level. Look at the difference in physiques of when Jay Vidal started with us, when Chris Bay started with us, when Zoe Stark started with us. Look at look now. Look at yeah. Cross. Look at look at Vandegriff. What you know, a what a transformation. You know, these guys sometimes it takes an LA night to go to developmental, be released, come back. And then you look and say, Wow, we thought he was a star, and he was, but he was an indie star. Right. And then it's getting to that next level. Chris Bay, if you look at him, he is a star. Yep. And he may not be utilized other than at impact to where maybe the national notoriety doesn't get to him like it does a solo Sokoa. But Chris Bay is still 25, 26 years old. And that next contract... I'm pretty sure he's going to open the bidding to any company that yeah. exists. You yeah. know, he's gotten the New Japan love already. Right. You know, he's gotten Cody Rhodes to mention him on AEW television. You know, so the key to this business is friends in high places. Right. And... Hammerstone. Well, his biggest supporter is MJF, who right. pretty much can dictate a lot when it comes to who he wants signed to be brought in. Same thing when CM Punk got Ace Steel brought in. All these guys and the Young Bucks brought in Brandon Cutler, right. you know, and Knox, and and people that they knew well that they felt would be assets. And, you know, we we joke about AEW signing a million people. Well, they'll sign a million more. Yeah. Doesn't matter. They'll right. they'll pay 
Lance Hoyt to sit on the sidelines for months at a time, bring him back. Miro. Yeah. How many how many comebacks has Miro made in AEW? Homegrown guys that they turned into superstars like Wardlow that they just disappeared with. Right. And they keep coming back, you know? So I always said the number one thing in this business that you will make or break you is connections. You know, it's, hey, Impact sure seems to sign a lot of guys out of Canada. Yeah, because Scott Diamore has a school there. He has a promotion. So a lot of those guys, the Josh Alexanders that nobody heard of, they were working for him already. He had faith and confidence in that guy. I remember when he teamed up with Ethan Page and they did their thing and it was like, wow, these motherfuckers just jumped the rascals. Like the rascals waited in place. They were behind, you know, Santana and Ortiz when LAX was the hottest tag team in wrestling next to Penta and Phoenix. And they were both in exchanging the belts and impact. They both left. It's like, oh, rascals are taking off. And then all of a sudden it was like, who the fuck are these guys? Josh Alexander and Ethan Page. And then they held the belts for longer than anybody. And then the rascals ended up leaving. Right. I don't know. But for me thinking like, I would have thought they would have expected to be stepping into that number one tag team spot. And I think it made their decision to leave, to go to the, to NXT uh, a, a lot easier. And that's why they did it because they weren't the showcase. And, you know, Josh Alexander has become basically their, their go-to guy. So, you know, and again, it was all, it's all connections of who knows who and, you know, you know, D'Lo maybe saying some kind words about Jay Vidal and helping push, hey, they need a spot. You know, Caleb with a, a K's gone. They need a role to fill. Hey, this guy will fill it. He's really good, though. And, hey, uh, he's somebody – who down the line could be a future No Limits champion. I mean, uh, X-Division champion. Because he already was a No Limits champion. And, and, it's, that's, it's, and it's the right place at the right time. You know, it's Sanjay Dutt seeing Chris Bay at the Vegas tapings, needing a match for Davari's brother, and not going through who they want to decide. It's Sanjay Dutt saying, hey, give Chris Bay the spot. He put this guy in put that guy in and then impact signed him the next day because now they thought they were on uh, WWE's radar and they've invested a little bit in them and wanted to use them. So they were like, well, now we better make the move because they were too late when they tried to make the move on uh, Zoe Stark. She had already gotten the, uh, the tryout and basically we want you to sign with us after impact put her in some high profile matches but didn't pull the trigger then they tried to pull the trigger you know Dilo told me for a fact hey you know they hit him up and said hey you know talk to lacy you know we want to offer a contract and she was like nah you know I, i've already got the offer i already signed with wwe
Okay. Um, when you think about what's coming up now in, uh, you know, in the build in December, what are you most looking forward to? Development, growth, trying to make sure that we don't oversaturate because we have a show the ninth, we have a show the 16th. You know, Future Shock, I'm trying to get up because the internet was down. Uh, it, it, crazy quick story. So because there was no Spider or Corbin, it became mine and this guy, Jonathan, who is a student, but he's basically t taken over as the gym manager. He gets everything he clean. More of the gym janitor because he's cleaning everything, doing the work. Now it became our job to try to scamper and get all the equipment. So as I'm getting ready to leave, I'm like, you know, we have a lot of plugs. I'm going to grab this one. It was like eight plugs. And the, the Cox cable fiber line, the two plugs were plugged into that. So I unplugged them, put them in different outlets. And then brought it to the show, came back, plugged everything in. So now that was Monday. On Wednesday, I get an email, and it was from Cox Cable. And they were like, hey, we're aware of your issue. Uh, we're looking to come in Thursday. And I call up, and I'm like, Hey, I don't know what's up, but I unplugged these plugs because, again, we have no access to the Internet unless we turn everything on. So I'm not aware there's no Internet. I'm just like, OK, we must have unplugged everything. I was on my phone. It said, you know, the FSW information. So I'm thinking we're all good. So now on Wednesday, I cancel. Now it's Friday night. And Spider hits me up. He's like, oh, you're going to get a call from Cox Cable. I'm like, why? Oh, the Internet's out. Uh, okay. I, and I called Cox, so they got to call you. I'm like, why did you never tell me for the last week that the Internet's out? <laughs> I already canceled the, uh, the appointment. Because I don't know that there's no internet. I thought it was because I unplugged it and then it got plugged back in later that maybe they read an issue and that was it. Well, they were supposed to call you. Well, they didn't call me. But it's your fucking job to tell me that the internet in our building isn't working. Right. Because you're not going to be able to get the information anyway. Either way, they're going to still have to talk to me because I'm the name on the fucking account. <laughs> so, of course, needless to say, now I got to get on the phone Friday night. You know, it's nine o'clock. I drive back to the school and it's like, you know, they're checking things. They're like, yeah, we can't even see it. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, but there's an on-call thing. I'm like, well, we have a show tomorrow night. He was like, well, there's on-call. When you wake up, you know, give him a call. So I wake up and there's already a message from Cox Cable. Uh, a technician will be there Sunday morning from 8 to 10 a.m. I'm like, well, I don't need a fucking technician from 8 to 10 Sunday morning. So now I got to call back again. And I'm like, oh, well, the guy said something about on call. Well, that doesn't start till five. So there's no guarantee somebody could be there today, which is now Saturday. So it's like, fuck, I got to hit up the fight guy. And now it's like we do the appointment from Monday. So Monday we did the appointment from one to three. Guy shows up. 
something with the static of me unplugging it. And that was the exact reason. I'm like, boy, this is some coincidence that it has nothing to do with us. He goes, it's not supposed to do what it just did. By unplugging it and plugging in somewhere should not have knocked the line out and not being able to be there. Huh. So oh, we have to continue to monitor it. If there's other issues, you need to let me know because it could be the box. So, oh. so we set it up Monday. It seems like everything's working fine now, but it was like it was a five, literally a five-minute fix of them resetting. But since at the main office, they couldn't even read the internet being on. Wow. That became the issue. So for those who did not see Future Shock, you know, it was a good show. You know, it was the main event killed it. AJ Avon and Jay Vidal was fantastic. You know, AJ has really improved as well as his attitude, which is good because sometimes that could be an issue. Sure. Uh, the biggest surprise to me, Raw Reese came back for his first match in months. He'd left for a while. Again, issues. And he wrestled one of the more popular future shot guys, Oliver Canaday, who had, you know, the Oliver's, Oliver's army behind him. <laughs> and two big boys, and, and they, they both were very impressive. It was the match I was most concerned with because you had the two – two really green guys wrestling each other. Right. And Reese hadn't had a match in months. The first match he had was with like Sin Bodhi. So he kind of got led uh, in the early days of Jimmy Jack. It ended up being okay, but it was a short match and he wrestled Jimmy Jack. But right. since then he hasn't had a match in months and he came out and, you know, both of those guys definitely delivered. You know, Andy Delgado and RBJ, they had a good match. And, you know, the Killer D's wrestled Greatness and Tenacious. And, you know, we had, you know, a, a nice card. Uh, Jimmy Jack was unable to make it. He got stuck at work. So Sharp stepped in and wrestled uh, Sanders, who's out of NorCal. And he's had a bunch of matches. But he's a guy that we feel needs a, a little bit more development. You know, the thing is, people come from other places, and because they get opportunities elsewhere, they feel they're always ready. And, right. you know, thankfully, uh, Sharp ended up stepping in and talking to him afterwards. You know, he's going to give that honest critique. He's going he's gonna, to he's gonna let you know all the positives and let you know what somebody needs to work on. And thankfully, he was there, and, and he kind of stepped in there. Uh, Jordan Oasis wrestled Adrian Rain, who probably had the most tickets sold of uh, any of the students. So the crowd was uh, excited for him. Uh, he took a good ass whoop, and I'll tell you that, Oasis beat the fuck out of him for most of the match. Um, but when he made his comeback, I'll tell you what, man, the crowd was erupting. <laughs> and it's crazy. It's funny. funny because we couldn't do the commentary because we weren't doing anything live or nothing. But I was in the commentary area and Diana, who was the ring announcer, who's also Gregory Sharp's girlfriend, right. turned to me and was like, man, why can't they be like this for the casino show? And it's like, what you need to understand is when 
Rainy sells 15 tickets and Fox sells five or six and RBJ sells 10. All these people that are coming are family and friends. And the majority of them are not wrestling fans. Right. They go in there not expecting a lot. And then all of a sudden, Adrian Rain pulls out this cool Hurricane Rana. They're like, holy shit. What? Like they don't they can't believe RBJ can do this and Fox can do that. And they're so enthusiastic about what they're seeing because a lot of what they're seeing is a total difference of their philosophies if they're not wrestling fans. Right. Oh, you know, you know, m- most mentalities are all oh, that fake stuff and oh, you do that. Like Rainey's going for like law school or something. Like he's the dumbest smart person I know. <laughs> you know? And but the people there, they they're going nuts. Because they're watching him do all this cool shit that he's probably never done in his life. And they're so geared up and they're so excited to see it. And you get some fans out of it that come down the line to other shows. But, you know, that's why we offer those $10 tickets for family and friends. Because if you can't get anybody to support you, buy three tickets and get your friends to come see you for $10 each. You know, And and that's what Future Shock's about. And Future Shock, whether it's the junior division kids class show, those are the shows that the fans are like, you know, it's WrestleMania. Right. Sure. The average fan, they're going to come in and they're going to applaud and they're going to like certain things. But they've seen, you know, they've seen these guys a hundred times. So that's. Again, part of the reason of trying to change things up and make them different. And, you know, they've seen so much wrestling in their life. It takes right. a little bit more to really get them engaged. And, sure. you know, that's what part of the storylines and things are. At Future Shock, you don't need a storyline. You just put a match on and you put this young kid in who's been telling all his friends that he's been training to wrestle for five, six, seven months. And now he's getting his first match. That's why tickets sell the, the first match people sell far more match far more tickets than when they're in their twelfth match. Right. Because it was cool the first couple times. Now it's like, yeah. And then certain ones obviously that are still gonna support, but they're gonna get way more of that first match for them to see. Right. And the crew we got has made Future Shock more attended than a lot of the high octanes. Sure. So, you know, if they keep doing that, I've tried to tell them in the past. It's my job to try to get people to the casino and the high octanes and the bigger shows with the bigger name talent. But it's your job because we're not going to promote it as much. We don't need to oversaturate because they're going to see one or two guys on the show that they even know. And they know everything about FSW because it's going to be a lot of you young cats and you're the ones who need to get your family and friends to come out. And if you can do that, because, you know, I got to leave my house enough of my life for nothing to now devote another two or three hours. Because a lot of times when you see no future shocks for four or five months, it's because I'm aggravated, I'm disgusted. I believe that people are ungrateful and they're not actually giving a shit that they're getting an opportunity. Right. To, to where it's almost that they feel that they, they deserve to have it. And it's like, that's not how it works. And you go out there, you don't sell a ticket. What value are you? Right. 
I'm taking another. I'm taking three hours. The staff's taking three hours. Everybody's taking time out of their day for little to zero money for people that don't seem to give a shit. Yeah. And yeah. as you can see with this, with the newer, the newer crop, you know, I, I got to give them the, their props on that. You know, they still got to be yelled at to clean up and do all the other shit. But, you know, they, they put in the work and they hustle and, you know, it's exciting for them. And it's like, you try to tell the newer, newer people that matches. Yeah. They love it because it's their family and friends. If right. you can't get them, that makes your match because it becomes infectious. Because it's like, oh shit! Like Oliver Oliver Candidate's crew shows up, so right. now Reese can play off that and get a lot of heel heat by mocking and being a douchebag and and, and doing what he needs to do, so right. it can rev him up because. People are engaged in the match. There's nothing worse than being a heel, and nobody gives a shit what's going on in the whole match anyway. All right. Yeah. But now everybody's engaged, and now Oasis is, is is now making it a point to 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 leer down the crowd who's cheering for this guy, getting in the face of somebody, and now all of a sudden they're wrestling, and now the juices are flowing even more because yeah they're going to go out there and they're going to give their best in front of 30, 40 people, but it's going to be kicked up a notch as Emerald would say when, you know, now there's 150 screaming motherfuckers out there, yeah. like loving what's going on. And no matter what you do, no matter what little small thing you do, you get a reaction to it. Right. So, and you know, hopefully people grow from it. Hopefully the people who weren't on the show that are hoping to get on the show, could do that. You know, Adrian Rain, you know, didn't like a couple things he did in the first match. And it's not about everything he did in the match. It was about the stuff that happened discussing the match and, and dealing with his opponent and things like that. Where it's like, dude, it's that's not your job. Your job is to fucking listen and you need to do what I need you to do. And he promised he was gonna sell a bunch of tickets. I was like, okay, well, this this is your, your this is your second shot, but this is your last shot for right now. Because if it comes back that I got issues with how you acted, it's gonna be somebody else is gonna take that spot. Right. And, you know, and, and things went well. He sold tickets, and you know, he's probably earned himself another spot on the next future shock. Now for some of these guys, there there's going to be a spot or two necessary at high octane, and yeah, it may not be your favorite thing to do and have to wrestle Hero Lou at the at the high octane show, but sure. your job is your job. So the thing on Future Shock is we make it a lot more even paced. Hey, you know, let's let's see what this guy can do. While a high octane is more geared toward the story, so in some cases, you know, people are getting thumped. Yeah, sure. But they need to make sure they look good getting thumped because right. that gives them that next opportunity, which maybe gives them a little more and a little more and a little more. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're a superstar. Yeah. Or a yeah. perceived superstar. <laughs> Uh, as we uh, wrap up, Joe, uh, any final thoughts for uh, the listeners this week? 
Yeah, we got a lot going on. You know, December 16th, we're really pushing for this uh, toy drive and fundraiser. I know Lawson, it's, it's, it's actually through an organization that he created, Headlocks and Heroes or Heroes and Headlocks. And the idea is he's, he's got boxes for donations and uh, stuff for the homeless teens. And I'm like, you know, my wife mentioned it to me and then I had to bring it up to him. I'm like, well, you know, we're pushing a toy drive, David. I'm not sure homeless teens are really looking for a teddy bear. You know, they're looking for toothbrushes and things like that. You know, maybe gear the toy drive toward, you know, the kids. Yeah. And, you know, because we're going to do the raffles and the donations and, you know, we're going to probably try a 50-50 raffle or whatever and donate that to where there could be goods and there could be things. Because, you know, one thing about Vegas, Christmas comes all around. There's, you know, I saw the chopper. He's he's pushing uh, a toy drive fundraiser and the Chet Buchanan, which does amazing business. But there's also the little guys out there that may not be getting from everything. And it's like right. any any little thing, you know, I'll talk with Omar with the Knights and they're going to put a care package together. And I got different ideas of like, hey, we'll have, you know, a ticket package and, and maybe it's a free ticket to uh, an FSW show front row and a ticket to the Silver Knights game and a ticket to the G1 basketball and a ticket to the uh, Nighthawks indoor football. Uh, or maybe it's, you know, like they did last time, an autographed hockey stick and puck and just different businesses because we're really trying to do it instead of just, hey, we got 100 people come in, save five bucks off each toy you bring because that's what we're doing again. And our regulars will be more than happy to save 10 bucks, which now becomes a $10 ticket to come to the show. But, yeah, it's it, it's nice. It feels great. Hey, here, here here's 100 presents. Hey, how much better does it feel to be, hey, here's 500 fucking presents, man. It's like, you know, helping the community. And right. we always tried that over the years. So, you know, hopefully this will be our, our biggest one. So that's the 16th. And we got a great show the 9th. And you get to see the new heavyweight champion, Shogun. Uh, will he have a match? That'll be uh, interesting to see. So, And then, of course, like we do every year, New Year's Eve, we start at about 9.30. We go right till midnight, champagne toast. Uh, we have a, a good a good amount of the regulars love to come. And they, you know, nobody's going to the strip. Regulars ain't going to the strip. Just fucking sit there. Oh, okay, the ball drop. Now let's. <laughs> Four hours to get the fuck out of here. You know, we're off the strip. You go to the show. We have a good show. You know, we did an Iron Man match. I don't even know. That wasn't last year, was it? Was that last Two years year? ago. Yeah. We did Chris Bay versus Jay Vidal, where Jay Vidal uh, won the No Limits title. So it's always, you know, star-based. Chris Bay and Jay Vidal were on the uh, were the main event. The year before, we had a 60-minute Iron Man match with, with Matt and Damian Drake. So it's always a fun time, New Year's Eve. It's it's the family, as we, you know, we call the FSW crew the fam, you yeah. know, and that's what it is because, you know, they if it wasn't for them, we wouldn't exist. So, you know, action-packed December. Yeah. Which is usually the slow time in the wrestling world. Right. <laughs> Well, and, and you know, uh, there, there's a lot going on, obviously, in January as well. So there's uh, there's a lot to look forward to. Uh, and uh, 
again, uh, you know, <laughs> if the cable issues are all okay, then you can catch stuff on Fight Plus uh, if you're out of town. But uh, stop on by in the 9th and the 16th and uh, 31st and uh, enjoy, uh, you know, some really good uh, young wrestling and uh, some good storylines that are going to be evolving into uh, what's going on in January for uh, No Escape. So, all right, everyone. Thank you for tuning in this week. Until next time, we'll see you then.